good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and hi for listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And, well, you know, Chris, we can finally say football is tomorrow. We here. can finally say... <laughs> here. It is here. We, we, have, we have made it to level nine of 2020. And you know, compare, you know, that's not a bad level. We finally got to a, we got to a peaceful level, I guess. And so, with that being said, you know, let's just dive right on in and wrap up our divisional picks and cover the AFC and NFC West. And you start with the AFC West. I just, me personally, I just think this is a very, very one team in the division. I think we can both agree it's going to win the division, but <laughs> but but I think there's a lot of me personally being you know nerdy that I am. There's a lot of intrigue I feel, and I think every team, you know, I'm not gonna say they can win this division, but I think there's room for this will be this could probably be the best division in football in the context of the talent and close games. So with with that being said, uh, give me your thoughts predictions on this AFC West division. So the AFC West, uh, we'll start from the top and work our way bottoms. I, like you said, I think we all know who, uh, who who's best in show at this point. That would be the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, there's just, I mean, there's just not much bad you can say about them. They are a stacked team on both sides of the ball. They're good on special teams. They've got arguably the fastest, uh, you know, wide out in the league. Um, they've got probably one of the most elusive quarterbacks. Um, the, and and the guy just has balls so big he needs to walk around with a wheelbarrow. And we can't forget the coach, most importantly, Mr. Cheeseburger. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's just not much that a Kansas City, I mean – you know, it, it's just it, they've got all, all to gain and nothing to prove. You know, um, they showed last year why they're were good enough to win the Super Bowl, and they did it in a rather spectacular fashion. Um, I, I don't expect much of a different scene this year. Andy Reid's got everybody, you know, and tip top. Um, I got them going. Yeah, I mean, just like any team, I think they're going to lose a couple games. I got them going thirteen and three this season. Um, you know, you always got like the one gimme game that you might might sacrifice towards the end of the season, and you know, you, you there there's variables. Uh, where it starts getting a little um, uh, a little unique, I think, is the in the rest of the division. So, um, I've got in second place going eight and eight. Uh, is the Los Angeles Chargers? Um, you know, this is uh, this is post. You know, this this is a new year. This is a new a whole, a whole situation, and this is most importantly post Philip Rivers. And this is they're they're a new team at this point. You know, they they've got a lot of uh, a lot of hurdles they got to climb. They've got a lot of things they've got to prove. You know, they've still got you know with uh, with Melvin Gordon parting ways. Uh, Austin Eckler's taken. Uh, you know, taking the helm is is the lead back, and I think that he's going to do really well. Um, 
you know, going going eight and eight, and uh, you know, play essentially, you know, you're playing for second place in your division isn't terrible. They're a young team; they can only get better, and I think they can only build off of it. Uh, third place I got is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Again, there's a lot of development that uh, that needs to be done with this team. Uh, John Gruden, you know, maybe he'll get some credit for some of the clever stuff that he's done uh, since his tenure there. He's got some new weapons there. Um, you know, worst case scenario, the rookies come out because of this pandemic and this look like absolute shit. Um We'll see what happens, you know. Um, Derek Carr is still kind of floating there in the picture. We'll see what, you know, what can be done. Um, and again, you know, there's not too much. I'm going to be honest with you. This is one of the few divisions I just don't pay too much attention to outside of Kansas City. Because it's like everyone else is just kind of lost in, uh, you know, in the abyss. Um, but I got them going uh, seven and nine, you know, so they're the first one I'm calling under 500 for this division. Uh, and then, you know, wrapping up at the bottom, uh, I got the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, eh, same thing. You know, you have, you have uh, you know, locks, you know, solid end performance at the end of the season. That actually showed some hope, some optimism. Um, and then you got, you know, additions like Jerry Judy and KJ Handler uh, that are, you know, part, you know, partnering up with, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, um, you know, and then on top of that, now they have uh, a running game with uh, with Melvin Gordon. So we'll see what happens. I don't expect much out of them this season. Um, you know, I there's just a there's a lot of uh, of new faces in uh, in the mile high so i think it's going to take a year or two for them to really start bumbling through um but i got them going six and ten to round out the afc west uh yeah it's, it's very interesting how you have the division shaped up you know I, I will say this you know you know i had somebody on twitter they listened to the show last uh i think our show was last week I think we talked about the. I think we talked about the South last week, and and they and they were talking about how different we are, like how polar, like Paula Abdul said, opposite the track. I guess would be the best Turner phrase. Anytime I could throw in an '80s reference into a show, <laughs> a, that that's a mission accomplished for me. That's my Ethan Hunt mission accomplished, mission impossible moment check. But you know, ironically, Chris. We both agree on the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them going thirteen and three as, as well. I think, like you say, down the stretch they may sit some guys because they may have this division wrapped up. I'm not gonna say like by like week ten or eleven, but I think with this type of with this type of team, you can you can sit Pat Mahomes, you know, let him rest. You know, they're the best team, you know, not in the division but probably in, in football. And, and most importantly, Chris, they're bringing back ten starters on offense. And and given what's going on with you know with with COVID, a lot of guys are sitting out. But these guys have brought back ten players, and they drafted a guy to replace the to replace Damian Williams, who was the one guy that did sit out, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. When I look at Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Chris, you know, you know I read somewhere on like a fansided.com. And I think it's a very good comparison to how his career could be and how the way he plays. Like, 
the Chris, like the absolute bottom floor for his career is Darren Sproles. And that's not too bad, in my opinion. That's that's not bad at all. But Chris, I believe he could be like a Maurice Jones Drew type of guy, or maybe a Mark Ingram type because of his size. I think most people were shocked that he he I think he to get to the first round, but I think now that they have a legit running back, Chris, it's very hard, like you said, it's very hard to find flaws in this team. It really is. And like with Patrick Mahomes. Here's a stat. Here's some stats because you know I love stats and numbers and things of that nature. You know, in the first half of games last year, he threw the ball 61.7 percent. Threw the ball 67 percent last year. 18 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's in the first half. In the second half, you know, he kind of threw it almost 64 percent and eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, why do I bring that up, Chris? This is the type of team, Chris, that they come out the gate and they're just ready to play. Oh, absolutely. It's it's almost <laughs> like uh like a Mike Tyson fight. As soon as the bell rings, I mean they're just they he's they're you're, they're swinging for the kill shot right out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're the type of team that listen, you, you gotta come out they're gonna come out full fire. They're not gonna it's gonna be an all in type of offense. And you know, led by Andy Reid, who since he took this job in twenty thirteen, he's thirty two and ten. Versus the AFC West. Double that, Chris. 23-7. and He's won 90% of those games against the AFC West since 2015. You want to talk about a team and a coach that can manhandle the division, is very hard-pressed to beat Andy Reid. He arguably is one of the top five coaches in, in football. What I like is that you lock up the coach, the quarterback, and your front office guy. For at least they'll be in this organization for at least five years, because Andy Reid is sixty-two. So, yeah, he's for at got, least he's still got some time left on the clock. Absolutely, and I think the fact that they got their coach, that triumvirate locked up for the next five years, Chris, sky's the absolute limit. I think they could be the next dynasty. They'll be like New England, but probably more likable. And I take that as you will, but. So I have them going 13 and three, but you know I think there's a couple of surprises in this division. My second place team, I have the I have the uh, Chargers. Really? I have I I do, and and let me explain why. I have them going 10 and six. <laughs> I, All right. I believe. Listen, listen. I'm swinging for the fits. Listen, we're out west. You know, you know the ballparks out west. Listen, they're big ballparks, Chris. I try to swing for the fences as often as I can. Okay, Fulos. Here, here, here. Fulos. <laughs> I'm more of a Vlad Guerrero girl. I just swing at anything. But, <laughs> but here's what I like about the Chargers. Post Phillip Rivers, this is the most important thing. They drafted Justin Herbert. There's no rush in the world, Chris, to put Justin Herbert in the game. Because remember, remember when the uh, – when the Bengals drafted Carson Palmer. And the one smart thing that Marvin Lewis did in his tenure at Cincinnati was sit Carson Palmer for like, for like two, three years. Because you have a steady, steady veteran, and he had John Kidna. And Tyrod Taylor's that type of dude. Like, you know, he may, listen, Tyrod Taylor's 23, 21, and one as a starter. But here's the thing, Chris. In, in that time, 54 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. He doesn't turn over the ball that often 
he has almost a three to one, three to one touchdown to interception ratio. What was the problem with the Chargers last season? Philip Rivers was throwing to the guys who were wearing the opposite jerseys. Yeah, he, because he, he, was, he, he was having some Jameis Winston issues. And you know, it was opposite day every day for Philip Rivers. And you bring in, because I think Tyrod, I think Anthony Lynn and that staff are very comfortable with Tyrod Taylor being the starter for the full season. Now, that doesn't mean that Justin Herbert is terrible, nor does it mean to the fact that, that to the extent that, oh, this organization's falling apart. No, it's just the fact that you can sit Justin Herbert. Like, there's no rush. You know, we live in a league where we got to throw the young guy in, we got to throw him in. But you have that steady backup. It's just like with Fitzpatrick in Miami. You know, Tua, you know, in that situation, Tua may start sooner because the Dolphins season may go south really fast. Yeah, that's Miami. Even, you know, even further south than where Miami is. But I think with the Chargers, listen, that defense, listen, they lost Derwin James, their safety. You know, but here's what they have on defense. They have Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they have they have Chris Harris and they have Casey Hayward at corner. Like Chris, this defense is very, very good. So it's not like they they have to, you know, Tyron Taylor doesn't have to throw the ball 30, 35 times a game like Phillip Rivers did. So I have them going, you know, as surprisingly 10 and 6. I, I heard the hesitance in your voice. Well, so if you thought no, go go ahead. Okay. I I got like I got this weird theory. I'll I'll let you finish up your thought, and then I, I just want I want to bounce something off the wall. Sure. You know my thing with the Chargers is is that you know it's a theory with teams that if you have a veteran quarterback, there's a rookie quarterback sitting. If the defense is somewhat steady, it's not the end of the world. And I think the difference between with Philip Rivers happening in. What happened last season was the fact that their run game, like, listen, as great as Eckler was, like, like, I'll put it this way, Chris. His rush, his rush yards over what it was expected of him was six worse among qualified running backs. I'm not knocking Austin Eckler. My whole point is, is that Eckler has to play a little bit. He, he may be asked to do a little bit more because the offense is going to change. That's why I think he can do it because of the structure that's in place with Anthony Lynn and that staff. So going, uh, you had a, you had a, a theory you wanted to bounce off. Yeah. So with Phillip rivers, he made it very vocal that he was pissed that the team left San Diego to LA. You think he just shit the bed last season? Just, just to do it, get himself out of there. I don't, I don't think Phillip rivers is that type of guy. I just honestly think Chris, that the way the team was constructed, I think he had to do He more. was the square peg in the round hole. Correct. Correct. I, and I, I don't... Like, you know, like your, your theory, you know, your theory is very valid. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, I didn't, I don't see Phillip Rivers, because there were many seasons that he could have done that and wanted out. But I think Phillip Rivers, I think, his last season, I think no matter what type of year he had last year, he was going to be gone anyway because he didn't he didn't want to be there. Yeah. You know, he could he could have had 40 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He could have threw for 4000 yards and yeah. led them to a, 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 a championship. 
and still be out because he just did not want to be in uh, LA. That, that, that makes sense, especially with, with Anthony Lynn coming in with Tyrod. Those two were real close in Buffalo, if I if memory yeah. memory serves me right. Um yeah. The only coordinator thing with, with Tyrod. Uh, okay. Yeah, the only thing with Tyrod that concerns me is I think the last time he started was like week two or week three of the of the twenty eighteen season. Um in you know, the, you know, in the UFC, they call it a ring rust. You know, when you step out for a couple of years, you step back into a fight and uh, you're not used to the, the flow of a fight. You're used to the flow of sparring. And, and granted, I'm sure that uh, Tyrod is in an immaculate physical shape. But what about the mental construct of being a starting quarterback? You know, that's that's one thing that I'm that was the deciding factor on mine when I when I bumped him, you know, to put him to eight and eight. I think he'll do well, but I think uh, the first few games, he's definitely um, he's going to get punched in the head a few times. Yeah, but my only my only counterpoint to that is, once you're a starter, Tyrod Taylor did that. If remember, remember, he was the transition quarterback in Cleveland. He was the bridge quarterback to Baker Mayfield too, so he understands his role. He knows that he's not the long term guy. He's a guy. He's going to be in there. Maybe this season tops. As, as whether, the ladies say, he's Mr. Right, not Mr. Or he's Mr. Right now, not Mr. Right. Yep, and someone listened to some, some 90s R&B. Good for you. <laughs> and so, listen to Mary J. Blige, I see. So, the, the, but the point is, is, is that I believe, I believe in that once you started in this league, I think it's kind of like repetition. I think that Tyrod knows the playbook. Like the thing with your UFC point is valid, but but to to make it to put in in the football sense, I think that Tyrod understands his role, and that's important because this doesn't work, Chris. If Tyrod thinks that you know he's the guy beyond next season, this works because you know a he works with Anthony Lynn. It makes you know, everything ebbs and flows in a season where there's no training camp, where there's no, you know, no preseason, I should say. So there's no snaps and repetition. And Justin Herbert clearly hasn't taken any because of, like I mentioned, no preseason. So, but I like them at 10 and 6. And a lot of this, Chris, you know, is on the defense. But I think Tyrod, the type of guy, look, he's proven that he can start in this league. I mean, if you want to find out the last guy who was the last Buffalo quarterback before Josh Allen, who started a playoff game, look no further than Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, no, I I won't knock that. So, you know, it's just my concern is just the running game. Eckler has to be more involved. And listen, they still have Keenan. They're going to be fine. But if you thought that was shocking, I'll one-up you with who I have in third place. The Denver Broncos, and 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 I understand, you know, they just lost uh, Von Miller for you know essentially for the year, but so I considered Chris changing my pick, but I think you know me well enough to know that I didn't do that. So here's what I did, Chris. Uh, You know what, Chris? I'll let you guess how many wins I gave Denver. I'll let you guess. And, I, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you plus or minus. My margins always plus or minus two games. 
So you gave Denver, I'll say seven and nine. Well, you hit the, you you exactly hit the plus or minus two nine and seven. Oh wow! I I think they're. Here's the thing. I'm not saying what what I saw from Drew Lock, Chris. And I know he only played. Listen, what he did in five games last year, four and one, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. But Chris, that was that stretch. That was the best stretch a Denver quarterback has had in a very long time. Oh, absolutely. And. And I think John Elway had to get it right because I think I mentioned in previous episodes for a hall of, just because you're a hall of fame player doesn't mean you're a hall of fame executive. How do I know that this is a court case, Chris? I give you example, a Isaiah Thomas example, B Phil Jackson. I don't really need to speak anything else on it because those guys were terrible, great players, great coaches, whatever. But in terms of executive level, not necessarily equated to greatness. But John Elway knew, but he got a guy in Drew Locke that I think may be the guy. Because, Chris, if he doesn't get it right, he can't fire the coach because it's not going to be the coach's fault. Someone's going to look at John Elway, who's the guy drafting the player. Yeah. But, but with that being said, you knew how high I was on Jerry Judy in the draft. They got Jerry Judy, like you say, with K.J. Hamler to go with Court and Sutton which is interesting. And then they added Melvin Gordon to be in the backfield with Philip Lindsay. Chris, on paper, that looks very, very good. Especially when you're in that Rocky Mountain High. Look, you you, you have to build a team more so around. You need big arm guys. I think Drew Locke has a good enough arm. And you need guys who can, you know, you need at least, you know, my rule of the Noah effect. You need two of everything. And, you know, in sports, especially in football, you have two good quarterbacks, two good running backs, et cetera, et cetera. But they got two pretty good running backs in Denver. And I think Melvin Gordon, whatever happened in, you know, for the Chargers, you know, didn't work out. He goes to a situation, he walks in. I believe he'll be the starter. You know, and Philip Lindsay, even though Philip Lindsay had like a thousand yard season, but you go with Melvin Gordon because of, well, he's Melvin Gordon. So, so I'm, I'm intrigued by that. But here's the thing. This is what convinced me not to change my uh, pick on Denver. Yeah, even though they lost Vaughn Miller, they drafted Bradley Chubb out of NC State a couple years ago. You know, as, a, as the linebacker. And in two seasons, he has 13 sacks, he has 90 tackles in two seasons. I think they drafted him to be the guy to replace, you know, Vaughn Miller. He's going to step up. And I think he can, Vic Fangio, the head coach, Great defensive guy. Look at his work and look at the, the Bears defense now as opposed to when he was there just three years ago. You see the change. So that's why I always say coaching does matter. I think more at the three major sports, I've always said NFL coaching matters more because the games are shorter and it's more intense. Oh, so absolutely. The game is more and, it, and it's more about strategy. Not saying NBA and MLB is not about strategy, but NFL is all about strategy. It's all about it's all about strengths and weaknesses in a short and short amount of time preparation. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, you got you got essentially sixteen games a season to hit the postseason. Compared to baseball, you got one hundred and sixty-two. So if you give up a couple here and a couple there on the backstretch, you know you you can make it up. You you lose two games you shouldn't in the NFL. 
you could kiss your playoff chances right out the window. And, uh, yeah. And, and I think same thing with basketball. You know, that's, I, I, I'm at this point, I just, I don't, I refuse to follow the sport. Um, you know, there are, I think, 80 games a season or somewhere is right around there. Same thing. If you drop five, you know, five here, four there, it's manageable. You, you do you do that in the NFL, you you might as well just start planning for next season. Absolutely. And that's why I say I look at the situation in Denver and said in 16 game, Vic Fangio can can get that defense to play. And they also brought in a new offensive coordinator. You know, they brought in Pat Shermer, who's a better coordinator than head coach. And, you know, it's interesting replacing, you know, Rich, you know, I think Scarum Melojo, I think is his name. If I mispronounce it, I'll get corrected on social media. But bringing in Pat Shermer is an interesting move, but I like the move because Pat Shermer, you, you know, he did some good things with Daniel Jones. He wasn't terrible. It's just that everybody else from the Giants was terrible. Yeah. Outside of, Dan- outside of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, everybody else was just like, you know, they were too busy you know, going, you know, watching a matinee somewhere while they're playing before they play a football game. But so that's why I have them at at uh, nine and seven. Now, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but you know how much I I just don't like John Group. I don't. <laughs> I really. It, it, let me explain. He's the. If you had to look, he's the he's the football version. Of Bernie Madoff. Let me let me explain. Let me explain. He goes around. We all know that. Oh, he's a great offensive mind. So we'll give him money. He can turn our team around. Chris, I ask you, what did he do after that Super Bowl in Tampa? Not a damn thing. He's Bernie Madoff. <laughs> he's Bernie Madoff in Chucky form. That's what he is. And his owner is probably Chucky's dad. So the, the the point is, Chris, these Raiders, like, you know, I, I listen, there's talent. Listen, I'm not going to knock the fact they got Jonathan Abram in the secondary, Clinton Farrell. You know, they drafted Henry Ruggs. Chris, there's talent. But like I just said two minutes ago about coaching, like John Gruden may have, he may be one of the highest paid coaches. In the league, does that mean you're the smartest guy in the in the room? I always say that money you shouldn't equate money to intelligence because it's a very dangerous mix. Absolutely, a very dangerous mix. I don't believe in the fact that this team here, Chris, they're a four and twelve team. Simply put, and and this kind of explains my point. Derek Carr. The last two seasons, John Gruden, you know, John Gruden became the coach two years ago. Combined, the last two seasons, 40 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. That's pretty good, Chris, right? It's pretty good. It's not, it's not Patrick Mahomes good, but it's good. So, Chris, in a 30 for 30 reference, what if I told you that in 2016 and 17, what if I told you in 2016 and 17, the two years after that, Chris, before John Gruden got there, my dude was throwing 50 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. Like, Darius, what's your point? He got worse. 
And you think uh, that's like got, the tutelage of uh, Gruden's coaching camp? <laughs> yes. You think he should just stick awful. to the ESPN uh, pre-draft movies and, and shows? Listen, Chris, they could hire Frank Calendo as John Gruden and win at least six games. And like I say, people think because my old my my old man rips me because my old man's a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. I used to criticize him. You know, you know. Imagine being around me and talking about football. I used to, I used to tell my dad, "Your coach is garbage. Your coach is a fraud." This dude took a franchise that, that was Tony Dungy's team for the record and won a Super Bowl. So what did he do after that? It's like when you get married. See, they always tell you when you get married. I haven't been married. But from what I've heard and read, there's a honeymoon phase, Chris. It's, a, you know, I think it's already time su- Like, listen, listen, I'm not saying all I got to say. I hope Mark Davis has a prenup somewhere in that contract because there's no way in the world, Chris, 10 years, $100 million based on what this, it, it goes back to the point you said, Chris. About a UFC fighter coming in, you're sitting. Chris, this guy was in Monday Night Football booth for five years. Oh well, he he talks about the yeah because he's in a suit for 16 weeks out of the year. Of course he know. Oh, he knows everything. That's great. That's terrific. Oh, he's a great guru coach. His quarterback camps are great. Yeah, because you know why he got them when they're good. He coaches them. They're going to be terrible in two years. You, you, hard, you hard in the paint today. I'm usually the tough one, but damn, dude. But because, like I said, when I saw this, I said, this is going to probably be the one I'm going to be super hard on because I'm tired of people telling me that John Group, stop. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. Stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, what have you seen in his resume? If he's a great coach, Chris. Like, oh, we cooped on the talent. For God's sake, he's the coach. He doesn't sit in the front office and have a, a say in it. Like, literally, he hired the general manager. I'm tired of excuses. And 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 who's suffering? These Las Vegas Raiders. Which is a which is appropriate, Chris, because this team's gonna crap out really fast. And it's and like I say, and then and to have the nerve to, you know, Marcus Murray. There's not they, you know, he's out with injury. You bring Nathan Peterman, a guy who listen, like, oh, I really like Nathan. I'm like, Jesus. This dude likes quarterbacks. He thinks he likes every quarterback. He's basically Jim Carrey and yes, man. He doesn't say no to a quarterback. Oh, I really like Mariela. I really like Nathan Peterman. Chris, he probably likes Shane Falco. He probably likes Airbud. He probably likes Uncle Rico. He likes Willie Beeman. Like you, you see, <laughs> like you know, I could throw the ball this far. Oh, like, like, hey, sign him up two years, fifty million. Like, 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 why not? Like Jesus, like I say, you know, I'll make it a point to say this. Listen, I this is not all Raider fans. It's not, but folks, the reality is simply this. Time for Gruden to go. I, I'm not saying it's time for him to go. What I'm simply espousing is this. Show me where, oh, well, they treated Khalil Mack, they need time to build. I get all of that. You didn't want to pay him. I get all of that, Chris. I, I, I get that. 
You know, you know, you know, I get the fiduciary aspect of the business. I get it. But Chris, it's at some point, Chris, show me the upside. Is there like listen, you know, I, I I'm not you know, listen, seven and nine's a very respectable record. But I just look at that defense. Here's the thing, Chris. They did add Corey Littleton from the Rams. But here's the thing, Chris. They gave up 16 plays to 40 or more yards. That's the that's the worst in the NFL. For for like if like, he can't like he can't he did the same thing in Tampa, Chris. The defense got worse and got older, and he didn't do anything. Remember, John Lynch, John Lynch got older, Warren Sapp got older, Derek Brooks got older, Rondé Barber, everybody got older. Essentially, everybody became the old, everybody became the movie up. They got older. This was a no cocoon situation where, you know, you reverse your youth. Everybody got old. No Benjamin Button stuff. They just got old. Why? Because John Gruden refused to address him because he was too busy trying to be Dr. Frankenstein or whatever the heck you want to call his offensive wizardry. Like, you know, it's, at, at best, Chris, it's the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Oh, at Universal geez. Studios, <laughs> like, like oh, he's a, he's an offensive genius. You have Derek Carr. Like, I'll be done in a minute, folks. Derek Carr is not a terrible quarterback. He regressed, and here's the thing: he regressed. Here's the thing. Even though, and here's the difference, Chris. He just threw one less touchdown in two years. That's it. So when we, that's worth ten million a year. Great. I know the standards now. Great. He threw 10 less touchdowns, Chris. Like, oh, but there's his completion percentage. You love completion percentage? Yeah, I sure do. You know what, you know what I also love? Ice sure. cream. Yeah, I love ice cream. But you know what, Chris? I'm not eating a whole gallon a day. Like, at some point, you get your fill of it. That's, like, completion percentage is a part. I love accurate quarterbacks. But then the day... You look at the numbers in the eye test. You know, Marcus Mariota would not have been brought in if John Gruden felt he was the guy. There wouldn't have been rumors, Chris, about trading Derek Carr if John Gruden was comfortable in Derek Carr. That's my point. And, you know, as they say in the legal business, you know, that's a prosecution rest. Period. I got them going 4-12. and 12. And I'm not saying because they can't really fire John Gruden because they have to pay him at least, you know, 50 million bucks. So that would probably, you know, be half this naming right to that new stadium. So, you know, listen, that that's how I feel about John Gruden, period, because I'm tired of people telling me like you watch hard not to go. Oh, man, he's a real intense coach. Yeah. Okay, thanks. I'm glad to know that intensity is worth $10 million a year. If that's the case, we're talking about intensity. Remember Billy Blank the Tybo? That guy's been making $50 million. <laughs> that, that guy was super intense. Like, you know, like, what's about, oh, intensity? Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. With that being said, so to recap, you know, uh, we both have the Chiefs at 13-3. and three. You have the Denver Broncos at six to ten. I have them nine and seven. 
I have the LA Chargers at ten and six. You have them at eight and eight. And I have the Raiders at four and twelve for obvious reasons. And you have them at seven and nine. And you know, for for the record, we'll post our all our divisional picks. We'll put them on social media, Facebook.com slash sports the world. So we'll put them all on there for all of you all to see. But to to wrap up our divisional picks, Chris, we're gonna stay out west. I'm gonna be calmer. There's nobody here that's really angered me out west, outside of John Gruden. So here we are to talk about NFC West, which I think is going to be probably one of the better divisions. It's maybe one of the better divisions in football. Absolutely. So give me me your thoughts on the very interesting NFC West. So on the NFC West, um, I've got an interesting – set that I, I think we may or we may not agree on. So we'll, we'll see here soon. So okay. uh, winning the division, I have uh, Seattle going 12 and four. Um, I think Russell Wilson is going to really step it up this season. Um, I think that with the addition of Devonte Adams on on the on the defensive side of the ball, or excuse me, uh, Jamal Adams on the defensive side of the ball, I think that's going to be a huge help, um, and that's going to be that defensive presence that I think they were missing. Uh, they made some good, you know, pickups and and you know some moves in the draft. Um, I just I don't know. I'm I'm high on Russell Wilson. I've I've always been high on the Seahawks to begin with. Um, I I really truly think that. Just when you think you've seen all of the tricks that that Russell Wilson can play, he just pulls up another one. He just he pulls another rabbit out of his hat. And I think he's it's just his determination because he's one of those guys that from day one, you know, when he was in college and then going into the NFL, you're too short to play quarterback. You're this to that, that to this. And he just he laughs at it all and just throws everything on his back and he never bitches he never complains he just goes out there and does it and that's that's one of the the things that I admire about him as a player and as a person so much is through adversity it just he doesn't get shook like no matter how bad a situation is I, I, he's he's out there just as as cold as ice, man. He he is he is the ice man of the league. You know, uh, uh, all, all props to Val Kilmer and all extra hundred pounds he put on after uh, after Top Gun. But <laughs> that's the- Russell, <laughs> Russell Wilson definitely definitely hit it out of the. You know, I, I think he'll head it out of the park this season. Uh, coming in second place, I've got the uh, 49ers. So. I know a lot of people are, are um, you know, considering, you know, Kyle Shanahan, the best play caller, you know, he's good, but I think that you have an aging defense with Richard Sherman clearly shown in the Super Bowl. He is not who he was a few years ago. Um, you know, the left tackle, Trent Williams, you know, you know, there they are. Um Jimmy G, you know, uh, he's good. I don't think he's great. I think a lot of wins last year will be uh, uh, were circumstantial at best. 
And I don't think that they're going to repeat process. Also, that smoking hot big titty porn star he was dating, I think they broke up. Oh, Jesus. So, Kiara Mira, holler at me, please. I love you. Every, uh, every week, it's, 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 it's a new woman. Every week, I swear. <laughs> every week. I don't know what we're promoting here. And he, he I mean, he pulls the okie doke because we don't talk about it in our pre meeting. He does it for, he, he, he's like the type of guy that he redacts the parts. They want me to see, and then the, he he redacts the part that he knows I would reject. Exactly, it's like 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 any good criminal defense. You know, you just got to play the game. I'm essentially like some of those shitbags, like Eric Schiff and in, in in Congress and on these intel committees. I just like yeah, yeah, this is what we'll do, and then yeah, just right at the last second, I'm just gonna throw some shit in and see if it sticks at a wall. You know, just just to create a stare. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, I, get, I think we get a second mission accomplished in this show. That's a wrap. <laughs> That's a record for this show. <laughs> um, but with all that, I don't know. Like I said, I, I was never a big fan of Jimmy G. Um, he, he's, I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He is playing in the NFL. But I, I think just based on circumstance they were at where they were last year, I don't see them doing it again. Um, and I see them getting walked into division uh, on a leash by definitely by Seattle. Just, just you got defenses getting older and offense that's still trying to piece together who they are. You know um, it's, it's still all over the place uh, on the other side of Los Angeles uh, on the Rams side, same thing with them. I've got them going eight and eight. I'm a very, 500 person for the city of Los Angeles. <laughs> um, you know, best case scenario, you know, uh, Goff picks up right where he did last December. And, uh, you know, then with, with uh, you know, Cam Akers coming in, I think that's going to be a good pickup. Um, I still don't think they have where, where, where they are yet. I, I still think that there is some, uh, growth to be done on on not only the offensive and defensive side of the ball but on the management side of the ball with their coach Sean McVay as great as he is you can only you know they they always say with youth comes innovation but sometimes with age comes experience and sometimes i think with him being so young and ambitious that gets in the way of, of the ultimate goal. And, and like I said, they're a great team, but they just, they all have some growing to do. And maybe, you know, next year when we talk about this a week before the season starts, we'll, you know, maybe we'll have a different message, but until then I'm still going to stick them at eight and eight. Um, and then at the bottom of the division, I've got the Arizona Cardinals going seven and nine, even with D hop coming, coming over to Arizona, Kyler Murray is, an intermediate level threat at best. He's good, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not there yet. You know, also their defense, they struggle to stop the ball. Um, and one of the best things that you can do to win a game is to prevent the other team from scoring. I know that's a really crazy concept that some teams don't understand. And then some teams do, but yeah. I think even with putting Hopkins on the side of the ball, that's scoring, I don't think he's going to be able to get in the end zone enough to counterbalance the, the defensive shortcomings of that team. 
Um, so that's that's where I got it. You know, I, I got the uh, Seattle, San Fran, L.A., and uh, and the cards. And and you know what, Chris? That's interesting because once again, we we agree on the team in the division record wise, and it it will be revealed later in the show. No, it'll be revealed shortly. But you know, I I went with you know my first place team is is the Niners and. I am going, you know, 13 and 3, but it's not a real confident 13 and 3. Because Chris, you alluded to some points that I think are very true. Point number 1, Chris, like Jimmy G, once again you can get fooled with the smoke and mirrors of Jimmy G. Like he's not he's no John Gruden by any stretch. But you can easily get fooled by by Jimmy G cuz listen, you look at his numbers, Chris. He threw the ball, you know, he threw 4,000, you know, four, almost 4,000 yards. He completed, you know, 69% of his passes. But he had 27 touchdowns, and he had 13 interceptions. And what's worse, Chris, is that out of the 16 games in the regular season, in the regular season do you know how many of those games he threw the ball 300, you know, 300 or more yards? Enlighten me. Three games. In a, in a passing league. Three games. I'm, and then he. My whole point is that I'm not sold on Jimmy G like you. That Super Bowl exposed Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Chris, this is the same Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't throw for a hundred yards in a playoff game. Like, like, but they have a great running game. Hey, that's great. But at some point, you do realize the forward pass exists. Like, you know. The same thing you say about defense, like, you know, it'd be great to stop him. It's also great if you throw the ball in a forward direction, too. That's great, too. So I, I have him going 13-3. and three. Once again, you know, my margin of error is always plus or minus two. And my second-place team, I have is the Seattle Seahawks. I got them going 11-5. and five. Really? I have them going 11-5. and five. So we're only a game off there. I think, Chris, you know how much I love Russell Wilson. You know, anytime I get angry about John Gruden, I think about Russell Wilson. Because <laughs> he just makes you happy. That's that's your happy place. <laughs> he he's he's like if you go to a place of Nirvana, it's it's full of Russell Wilson and you know Sierra's gonna be there. So be a lot of one two stepping in, you know. So that's that's also great too. Always take the bonus, folks. But the point is, I absolutely love Russell Wilson. I think the way that you feel about the Vikings is how I feel about the Seattle Seahawks because Russell Wilson has been winning this been winning games with the MacGyver way with paper clips, strings and bubble gum. <laughs> like he's been winning the MacGyver way. <laughs> and I'm like, 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 like you want proof. Like, and here's what he's done. He has the second highest career passing passer rating behind Aaron Rodgers at 101.2. That's career. That's all time. Better than Brady, better than Breeze, Russell Wilson. In terms of active players, his passing touchdown, per, the percentage of passes or touchdowns, Chris, are 6%. That's tied with Aaron Rodgers as well. What's the common theme between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? They're very athletic quarterbacks. Very. And I try to tell people, like, listen, just because you may think Brady's the GOAT doesn't necessarily mean he's the best quarterback. Like let's face it, Tom Brady versus a uh, versus a tortoise. You go to Vegas, Vegas line may have the tortoise winning, 
Yeah. So, but the point is simply this, Chris. I just like Russell Wilson and what he's done with this organization. Ever since he stepped in Seattle, Chris, he's he's never had a losing season. Never. That's the type, and once again, winning the MacGyver way, for those who just tuned tuning in, paper clips, string, bubblegum. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Whoever, you know, whichever play you want to, you know, to uh you know, to ascribe to that is it's completely up to you. But I have them going, you know, eleven and five, Chris. You know, the Jamal Adams signing to me was questionable because I think they kind of pigeonhole themselves, and I'll explain that when I talk about another team in this division in a minute. But listen, they got LJ Collier, the guy who didn't play a lot because of neat he had an injury and he had an ankle injury. You know, they gave up. And this is why I found the trade interesting, Chris, because you know, the Seattle Seahawks gave up the 27th most passing yards in the NFL. Jamal Adams is more of a, like a, he's more of a linebacker dressed as a safety. It, and maybe, maybe Pete Carroll will use him differently. Maybe that's why he pulled the trade off. I don't question, I don't, I very rarely question organizations and trades. So Seattle must have saw that, hey, we need help on the back end. And they felt that, hey, Jamal Adams is the guy. And, and I respect that. So I had them going eleven and five. I can see that. The one thing, just to, to touch back on on Seattle with Pete Carroll and um, and Russell Wilson, I uh, I recently read this book, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Uh, it's called The Operator, and it was about Robert O'Neill. Are you are you familiar with who he is? O'Neill wasn't. It's not the Speaker of the House, and I don't know who it is. <laughs> No, Robert O'Neill is actually the Navy SEAL that shot and killed Osama bin Laden. Ah, okay, thank you. Okay. So, if you, so if you if you get a chance, um, I think the book's on sale in the Google Play Store. I think for like five ninety nine. And um, so I w- I was thumbing through on my tablet, and um, you know I saw this, and I've been wanting to read it, but I couldn't remember because what it was, I heard I heard his interview on Howard Stern maybe like a year and a half, two years ago when the book came out. And I was so intrigued by this guy. And, you know, one of the things that he said that make, made him successful as a Navy SEAL, specifically on like SEAL Team 6 or Dev Brew, which is like their ultimate elite, you know, those are the guys you play as in Call of Duty and shit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. One of, one of the things that he learned, and it's something that is is said through the, the SEAL um, well, the SEAL family, I guess we'll call it, or SEAL community, is that calmness breeds calmness and panic breeds insanity. And it's what I touched on with both Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, is that no matter how shitty things can get, they're so calm. And they get the paper clips and the bubble gum and the rubber band, and they make that shit work. And it's just, it's, and I just wanted to touch on that. And even, even, you know, every once in a while we talk about life lessons. And, um, you know, even in, in the corporate America shitstorm that I'm stuck in uh, for the rest of my very foreseeable future, um, you know, there are times where we've in, in my industry where I've been with my employees and there's just bad shit that's gone wrong. Uh, clients cancel contracts before they're officially signed or they back out on them or try to, you know, renegotiate. And it puts us in a shit sandwich or if sometimes, you know, um, instead of doing like face-to-face conferences like we've done well in today's world we have to do this all by 
electronics now using Zoom or Skype. And no matter how panicked I am, and it's one thing I learned from my boss and, and through life, is that if you can keep calm and if you're in a leadership position and you keep cool, everyone that follows you will be as cold as ice and it makes things a million percent easier. So, again, we I know we throw life lessons out every once in a while, but that's just one thing I commend Pete Carroll and and Russell Wilson so much on. Sorry, back on your soapbox. No. You know, but you, you bring up a very good point, Chris, because it's important. And this is why I always say that NFL coaching matters. It's always important who you hire. I'm not once again, I don't want to anger basketball fans or hockey fans or baseball fans. But it like look at look at New England. People are that Bill Belichick ran that like like Patton ran his troops. And it was either the Belichick way, a.k.a. the Patriot way, or the highway, essentially. And and you look at Pete Carroll, everything that's going on, successful. And it reminds me, when you talked about the book, which I'm going to look for, by the way, because I'm always looking for things to read. I remember watching an interview. This had to be about five, ten years, a, a while ago. And it was the guy, it was Brandon Tartikoff. I don't know if you're familiar with Brandon Tartikoff. I'm he, not 100%. A name sounds he, familiar, but not 100%. He, he used to run NBC. You know, you, know, you know, he used to run NBC back in the 80s and 90s. And he, he talked about the show, he talked about the show Cheers. And one of the things he talked about is that, you know, Cheers didn't come out the gate very hot. Like, they were about to cancel that show in like two, three seasons. But he said a phrase, and it stuck with me, patience rewarded. When you're patient, life can reward you. Because think, and to kind of tie into your point, Chris, listen, the ship's going to shake sometimes. But you got to be patient. And know that, hey, if you have the right people, you have the right, like I said, if you have the, going back to the TV concept, if you have the right set of, the right cast, the right director, the right crew, the show's going to work. And that's one of the things that, you know, I'm a super nerd about when it comes to television is that people think, oh, it's a great show because of the, no, it's a great show because everything works together. There have been shows that have been made that had great cast, but terrible writing and shows that had terrible writing, but a great cast. And it's when you find a great cast and a great, you know, a great set of writing, it works. And that to me is see, you know, going back to Seattle, Chris, that's Seattle. It's the it's the perfect organization. It's the perfect people in the right positions. John Snyder in the front office, Pete Carroll on the sidelines, Russell Wilson in the huddle. That's perfect. It's kind of like what we talked about with the Kansas City Chiefs, where that triumvirate, Chris, had won a lot of football games. Because of to the, to the point that you alluded to, Chris, it's basically it's basically not only just patience, but just under pressure, staying cool, calm, and collected. And that's why I think that's why I love the Seattle Seahawks, because that organization just seems really cool. It seems really calm. And people tend to forget, like, if you if you ignore that whole USC scandal thing at the end, if you, if you, if you ignore that, if you kind of men in black that kind of thing, you know, put the light to your eyes and you forget that. USC was a very good program under Pete Carroll. Absolutely. 
Pittsburgh ran the same way. He brought that college vibe to the NFL, and it works. But I'm, I'm also glad you brought up that point about Robert O'Neill. It's a very good point. It's a very good tie-in as well. And we're out of time. No. <laughs> I'll do it again. But, <laughs> but, but folks, say, listen, what we find, listen, life lessons. I think we, you can learn a lot from that organization. That's all, that's all I'm saying. If they, if they ever come out with a book about the Seattle Seahawks, I'm going to pick it up, hard copy, find it on Kindle or wherever you, I'm going to read it. But anyway, so I have Seattle at 11 and 5. And, 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 we're, and I have the, the Rams at 9 and 7. My thing with the Rams is, you know, they re-signed Jalen Ramsey. They gave him five years, $105 million, $21 million a year, the highest paid, you know, largest contract for a corner. My concern, Chris, is simply this. Is, you know, I don't know if you recall, remember they got a lot of those guys, one-year contracts. A lot of those guys, they just signed, they got to a Super Bowl. And they lost in the Super Bowl. So, obviously, you couldn't have kept everybody because of cap space. They had to pay Jared Goff. So, other people had to go. So, one of the guys they chose to sign, in fact, the only guy they chose to sign was Jalen Ramsey. That's where the money's going. So another ESPN 30 for 30 moment. What if I told you, Chris, that there are three highest players, two of them are on defense? I would say I'm not super shocked because I'm a numbers person. So so two. And what's, what's shocking is, what to me is shocking, Chris, is that this team is very good offensively. But they haven't, the only person they've invested money into was Jared Goff. Which is fine. I believe in investing. I think the quarterback is the CEO of the huddle. I, I don't dispute quarterback money. But, unless you're Dak Prescott. But the point is is that with Sean McVay, it leaves a lot of things up for interpretation. And I said this after the Super Bowl. So they're going to start trading away all offensive pieces. And they trade away Brandon Cooks. And I believe that, Chris, at some point, if the season doesn't go the way they want it to go, because the way we have it, you have it 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, if it kind of goes that route, Chris, don't be shocked if they trade either Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. Don't be shocked. Because cause they don't have any draft picks. Remember, they gave, uh, they gave the Jags a first-round pick in the 2021 draft, too. They give up a lot of picks through trades, and the cupboard is bare. And they can't exactly run to the store and get more. Yeah, once your war chest is empty, it's uh, it's that's a tough hill to fight. So yeah, they they might uh, they might sacrifice a pound or two of flesh for the greater good. I think. Absolutely, and and the one thing that you know with Sean McVay, listen, they went from fourth in takeaways to fifteenth. They dropped, and I think Chris, that defense is not going to be the same. And unfortunately, you know, Wayfield was the fall guy. He retired. He was, the, you know, essentially the fall guy. But my biggest thing, and I, I have them at 9 and 7, Chris, because I'm confident in Jared Goff. I know what I'm getting out of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. You know, that offensive line, I don't It's getting older. Let's face the fact, just like you talked about with the Niners, and that defense, the same thing in that offensive line, where – like, you either got too much age or not enough experience. There's no balance. And and then you're bringing in, like, ho- hopefully, 
You know, they got Malcolm Brown starting, you know, replacing Todd Gurley. You know, whether that's an upgrade or downgrade, that's not for me to say. But my biggest thing, Chris, is that they're they're not a bad team. They're a team where they can win a lot of shootouts because they're offense. But defensively, it's going to be like those old ABA basketball games was like 173 like one to one sixty nine, like it's going to be defense optional all the time. So I have them going nine and seven. And and lastly, the one team we agree upon Chris is the Arizona Card. I have them at seven and nine as well. And the only the reason why I'm seven and nine is because it's for two reasons. First and foremost, as much as I like the Isaiah Simmons draft pick, because I think he was the best player on the board. You know, they're still young on defense. You know, they don't have necessarily the pass rush. They have a great linebacking core. Listen, Isaiah Simmons on the right. You know, Chandler Jones as your, you know, the wide linebacker. On the left side, you got Jordan Hicks. That's a pretty good linebacking core on paper. It's a very good linebacking core that, you know, defense corner Vance Joseph has to play with. But, you know, listen. My concern is it's a first-year head coach, a, you know, second-year quarterback. You know, Chris, this to me, I, I have questions here, Chris, because Cliff Kingsbury has no head, has no NFL experience. None. Like, people have copied his offense, but it doesn't mean you're a great coach. You can copy off of somebody's test. doesn't mean it doesn't make you smart. That's the point I'm trying to allude to. So there's a lot of he got fired. You know, let's back up. Chris, Cliff Kingsbury got fired from Texas Tech. Texas Tech, Chris, not Oklahoma, not USC, not Florida. Texas Tech. I'll leave it there, Chris, for you to interpret. Yeah, and, and, yeah that's and, the, the, the writing's on the wall right there. And, and then he gets a job at Arizona, which is fine. But it can work, Chris. But like I said, this division is tough. Kyler Murray, for you guys at home, if you're looking for a, I think you alluded to it, Chris, if you're looking for like an underdog MVP candidate, it's Kyler Murray. He's got, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, who, who, who signed a two-year, $54.5 million deal, 42.75 you know, million guaranteed. You know what the great fact about this, Chris, that he negotiated that contract with just a council of people. He negotiated by himself. Yeah. Like it goes to show you, folks. Listen, don't spend all your money on agents. Like he—he he was he's very smart. Got the money on top of all the other money he already had. You know, I'm I'm thinking Bill O'Brien. I'm I'm thinking you know Hopkins should be the general manager of the the Texans. Maybe that's why Bill O'Brien traded him yeah. before he before he was outed of a job. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh my god, this guy's smart. Get him out of here. So that's what you if you saw the trade, it's like he didn't he didn't get in a first round pick for him. No, he just wanted him out of town. Yeah, it was like when uh, when Belichick got pissed off at that defensive player and traded him to the Browns. Yeah, you see, folks, listen. Don't piss your boss off. He'll send you to Cleveland. <laughs> right. And the only reason why he couldn't send him anywhere else, because Siberia doesn't have a football team. That's Facts. why. <laughs> Siberia had a football team. I heard there's no summers there. But once again, from what I've read, but Arizona's going to be a very tough out. This whole division, Chris, is very tough and is very good. So my only question mark is, listen, that offensive line, Kyler Murray, he only had about 2.73 seconds to throw the football. Not a lot of time. But you know who had the highest 
Kirk Cousins had three seconds. And listen, I'm not going to get into Kirk Cousins because I took up my time with John Gruden. But what, listen to previous episodes where how I feel about Kirk Cousins. I'll just I'll just submit it like this: If you need a game to play at night, don't call Kirk Cousins. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Monday Night Football, hey, it's the fight. Listen, listen. Unless Cole Pepper's back there, you better pick against the other team. That's all I'm saying. Well, to wrap up this division, I have seen you know I have the Niners at thirteen and three. And what did you have the Niners at, Chris? Nine and seven. Nine and seven. I have the Rams at nine and seven, and you have them at eight and eight. Yeah. I have the Seahawks at eleven and five. You have them at twelve and four. And two smart guys had the Cardinals at seven and nine. So for the record, we're the smart guys. There's nobody else here. So so we're done with the we picked the games, Chris. We've picked the divisions, we've picked the winners. Now what they you know, I would say they pay us, but no one's paying us. I'm working on that. But I got to talk to payroll about that. But who do you have going to the Super Bowl? Who's going to be in? Who's going to be in Tampa? All right. So in Tampa for the AFC, I have the Chiefs representing. Mm-hmm. For the NFC, that's my drum roll. Uh, Seattle. Ooh. If I could hug you right now. <laughs> due, to, due to uh CDC guidelines and distance, I can't. I got I got both of those teams going to the Super Bowl. Uh and I think that will just be a hell of a Super Bowl. That would Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, Russell Wilson, Pat, Jesus. Folks, it doesn't matter who's doing the halftime show. That's the, that's the game right there. In the words of good old Jr. By God Almighty, it's gonna be a slobber knocker. <laughs> By God, By God, By God. There's an alligator. By God. It's like I'm saying pie gal, but I'm saying by God. But at some point, this show's gonna get a, we're gonna get a libel suit at some point, but. And I won't take the mail that day. So, 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 who do you have winning? I I got the Chiefs going back to back, man. I just, uh, I don't, I don't see them. Just when when you when you push them against the wall, they push themselves through the wall just to square back up and hit you again. Like that. That's just who Kansas City is. I got them winning. I, I mean, I, I definitely can't throw a score or, or an over-under or anything like yeah. that yet. But I got Kansas City going back-to-back like the, what was it, the 0405 Patriots, I believe, are the ones, last ones to do it. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I got them. The, like you said, this is the new dynasty, man. This the, this is the, the New England 2.0. And instead, I actually respect them, and I don't hate the ground they walk on. See, folks, you thought I was bad about group. No, we're equally bad. We're equally bad. Yeah. I'll put it. This is a, a listen, SAT question, folks. What I am to John Gruden, Chris is to the, and the answer is the Patriots. So <laughs> I gave you a free answer, courtesy of the Sports in the World podcast. You're welcome. Investing in the youth, <laughs> that's what we do. 
I, I do what I can. I'm, I'm here. I'm public. I'm here as a public servant. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. Well, well, I'll check. I'll ask payroll about that too. <laughs> is that is that what he calls what he does? All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me go to Monster.com and see how much that's worth. But, but you know, my picks. You know, I think at AFC. I just think you know. I've said enough about Kansas City. Much I love Patrick Mahomes. The NFC is interesting. Because I believe it's more open than what people think it is. Because I, I don't see San Francisco going back because of the trend is that, listen, you make the Super Bowl, you don't make the playoffs the next year. That's been the trend. You know, and if, you know, if the uh, Niners do, it'd be like four of the last five years, I believe, of the NFC side. So with that being said, this is tough. It was tough, Chris. It's very tough. But they don't pay us the big bucks to give answers. So... I went with – I had a gut-and-a-heart decision, and I always went with my gut because never let me down in 32 years. I got the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. <laughs> For the sake of my neighborhood and the streets that I drive on, I hope not because these fans are fucking psychopaths. Listen, I, listen. I saw videos um, – <laughs> I, I've I've got friends that I've made up here that are die. I mean, you caught them open; they bleed green, and uh, they were showing me videos of the Super Bowl par- uh, uh, parade and and post party. Oh my lord, man! Psychos, psychos. <laughs> and and I and I like I say I had I have the Eagles and the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. But something just tells me Philly. I just feel that Carson Wentz has a lot to prove. You know, I, I, you know, listen, I, I love Seattle. You know that I, I love Seattle, but something's telling me Philly. And, and so I have, you know, Casey and the Eagles and, and I, I go with Kansas city too. It's just very hard to pick against them. It's very hard. There's no flaws. You know, you know, the next dynasty is amongst us. So, and for the record, before we get to your fantasy football, notice that we didn't pick the Buccaneers. Like every all, all that I heard was, "Oh, Tampa." I'm like, folks, that team is built for one year. That's it. It was the Rams were built the very same way, and you saw what the Rams did in deconstruct. So, with that being said. I just didn't think Tampa was was it in that regard. Like I said, I, I think I pegged them going at like eight and eight, so I'm I'm not too terribly worried about them. Yeah, but the the point is, and so so with that being said, we both have the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Just NFC, like I said, we're not that far apart. Once again, so that's our Super Bowl picks. Lock it in. And before we get to your fantasy football picks, we'll be picking week-to-week games. Look for our picks out on social media, facebook.com slash sports the world, as well as our Facebook group page. I'll post my picks to Twitter, and Chris will post his in invisible Twitter. And I'll post mine on UFC 4 Twitter. I set him up for that. So so that's where you'll see our, our weekly NFL picks. Including <laughs> including the Texans and the Chiefs. Jesus, this show is great. But with that being said, Chris, to wrap up, you know, we did our fancy football draft. I won't talk 
about mine. We don't need to talk about that. That's we don't need to talk about Yahoo. Their algorithms are just terrible. But I've always been a Google guy anyway. But the point is, <laughs> so we're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into it because there was one pick that I they probably saw and said, "Okay, he reached." But listen, I'll defend that pick any day of the week. But anyway, so. Once again, as will happen every week, every week for the fantasy, for the season, you know, Chris will be giving his fantasy football starting sit-ems, and we'll insert some fancy music at some point. But with that being said, Chris, give us your starting sit-ems for week one of the NFL season. Absolutely. It is, it is time. I hope you have your money set. I hope you got your team set. And I hope you have your game plan set because it starts this week. We are back on fantasy. This brings joy to my heart, not only because I got once again best Here we overall go. draft class. You already knew it was coming. Woo! I'm like, wait, Flair, wait, bitch. Woo! Oh, wait, I'm a that's... Rolex wearing, high suit wearing, liquor drinking son of a gun. Woo! He rehearsed all of that. He didn't. I, know I literally thought about that about 20 seconds ago. <laughs> he, he had. But for the record, before, but listen, he may have won the fantasy. Hey Chris, who won the who won the regular season picks? Okay, all right, you got it, you got yeah. it. My, my got point it. is, that I'll give you that. Hey, credit is given or credit is due. You come around again, you'll get it too. Absolutely. Listen, listen. It's just I, I stand by this. Check your algorithm. I defend the Matt Stafford pick, and I know why. <laughs> I know what I did, and I knew it because Yahoo told. Listen, I've been a, listen. I'd rather go to Bing, but anyway, screw it. Does does Jeeves as Jeeves still exist? I'll what do that. About that too. paperclip. You remember the paperclip that bounced on your screen like a little asshole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that too. And he aggravated me. Yeah. You know who else uh, aggravated me? That paperclip made me super angry. You know who else did? Who? That fucking dog from Duck Hunt. I am not. Listen, I am not. I am against animal violence. Like if I see someone ever hit a dog. Or do some nasty shit to an animal, I will fucking shoot you in the face and I will sleep like an angel. However, if I ever saw that fucking dog in public, I would beat him within an inch of his life, kill him, resuscitate him just to take his life again. So you heard it here, folks. If it's if it's Airbud, life save. If it's that dog, that's that, that's all I'm saying. I think that's what I took away. Exactly. So if you anyone decides to dress up as him for Halloween coming up here soon. God bless your soul, because you might meet your maker. PTSD with that dog, man. Oh man. So, anyways, back to back to fantasy football. So, like I said, it's upon us. Hopefully, we got our teams and your your drafts, everything squared away. So, I'm gonna do a quick run through uh, quarterbacks, and I'm just gonna work my way down. Um, so, you got your strong starts that if you have them, and if you have them on your team, and you're not starting them, please seek mental health services. Patrick Mahomes, stardom. Lamar Jackson, stardom. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. If you have them, stardom. Now, here's a couple that if you do have, these are actually going to be fairly strong starters against the defense they're playing that week. Number one, we just got done talking about him, our little child prodigy out of uh, Arizona, Kyler Murray. He did pretty well playing against him as a rookie. On top of that, now he's one arguably one of the most dangerous wide receivers in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and we all know how, you know, 49ers defense is on the road, you know, or excuse me, at home. 
Um, and then, of course, you're going to have Richard Sherman lining up against D-Hop. That's going to get in an ugly situation. Another one, as normal, I bet against my homies uh, in East Rutherford, the Jets. If you have Josh Allen, do yourself a favor, start him against us. I promise you won't be disappointed. Um, he, he was a little sloppy on week one against the Jets last year, but, well, the Jets' defense is 100% worse, so there's that. Um, ben, Ro- Rob, ben Big Ben Roethlisberger going to uh, the New York Giants. I mean, the Giants did invest in the defense, but, well, you know, it's Ben Roethlisberger, so enough said. They're good on defense, but they're not that good. Uh, let's see here. Phillip Rivers going against the Colts. This is Phillip Rivers' uh, fresh start, Phillip Rivers 2.0. And the Jaguars' secondary is, well, not like it was three years ago, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, some questionable bargains. Uh Tyrod Taylor, if if you have him, and uh, if you picked up a quarterback late and you're already in a jam because you went heavy on running backs and wideouts and you shit the bet on a quarterback, it's he's playing the Bengals. I'll uh, I'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, your weak starters, if you have these quarterbacks, please place them on the bench. Uh, number one, Aaron Rodgers going to Minnesota. Minnesota's defense is Minnesota's defense, especially at home. Uh, they do play well. Granted, the crowd won't be there to really you know, negate the issues, but Mike Zimmer does know how to uh, be a good pass disruptor, so keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, Jared Goff going to Dallas. Um, again, Goff is, is good, but I think the Cowboys' new defensive look with Mike Nolan is going to be like they're coming out of the closet game all Pun intended, because we know how we feel about Dallas fans. <laughs> uh, Matthew Stafford, I'm sorry, Ladarius. I know I'm shitting on your parade right now. Yeah, Go yeah. What, I, what did it ever do to you? If you remember, I ran into problems with your boy Matty Ice last season, and I had to pick up Stafford. That forced me into the playoffs because of him, and then I switched back to Matty Ice to put the nail in your coffin. Yeah. R.I.P. That's revisionist history. <laughs> um, I mean, you got to admit, Chicago's defense is, is tough. Uh, and then also with him coming off a back injury, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, I'm even picking on my own little closet guy, uh, Kirk Cousins. They do not play well against the the Packers in the beginning of the season for some godforsaken reason. If you got Cousins, sit him. Uh, Gardner Minshew going to Indianapolis, well, um, you know, the Colts have nothing to gain and all to prove. So uh, I think they're going to come out swinging. Uh, when we talked about him earlier, Daniel Jones going to going to the steel curtain. Uh, that's a that's a rough secondary to play against in, in Pittsburgh. So God bless you. Joe Burrow. It, he's a good rookie, but this is the NFL kid. Uh, be careful. Um that's who I got for quarterbacks. Going on to running backs, this is where things can get interesting. Of course, your 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 no brainers: Christian McCaffrey, Shaquan Barkley, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Todd Gurley. You should know these by now. If you don't, just go ahead and delete whatever fantasy app you're using off your phone. Uh, the strong starters based on. Uh, where they're going and what they're doing. Uh, David Johnson from Houston, they are down their star receivers, so I think they're going to push the ball on the ground more. Uh, And then also the Chiefs just didn't do well with versatile backs last season. 
Um, they contained passing, deep passing, and deep threats really well in linear running uh, running backs. But those little uh, utility players like a David Johnson or a Duke Johnson, those guys, uh, you know, be careful on them. Uh, Melvin Gordon going to the Titans. Um, you know, the Titans don't have they don't have the best defensive line. I think they're going to do uh, they're going to do wonders with it. Um, Raheem uh, Mostert going to Arizona. Well, again, uh, Arizona's defense. We talked about it. Um, James White for the Patriots going down the, to uh, to Miami. Uh, you have. Uh, a whole, you essentially have a whole new offensive system. Uh, not a, a system per se, but a new persona. Uh, uh, Tom Brady's gone. This is up to Cam Newton now. Um, we're going to see what's, what's going on. And then also the early down running back injuries that New England has had. I think James White's going to definitely be carrying the rock. Uh, my sleeper, and I always recommend this man if, he, if he's on the wire or if you can grab him. I got a hell of a steal on him. I think I picked him up in like the tenth round. Uh, Tariq Cohen going going to uh, to Detroit. Um, you know Montgomery. He's got a groin strain, so I doubt he's going to play in Week One. Uh, Cohen's going to be able to get out there and just, and especially if you got if you're in a PPR league, this guy catches a ton of balls in the backfield. He doesn't get a lot of yards, but that's you know one or extra two points that that you didn't have. Um, you know, with Miles Sanders being a little banged up, you know, you could see on the second half Boston Scott, you know, from, your, you know, you were talking about the Eagles earlier. Uh, they're playing the Washington football team. <laughs> um, so that's so stupid. Um, you know, with Miles, you know, being a little hurt, I think they might pull him the second half and, and let Scott get some snaps, mainly just because, well, it's Washington and they're trash. Um then if you're playing in money leagues uh, or, you know, like a, like a DraftKings or a FanDuel where you're actually paying for your players, uh, Mark Ingram I think will be good. Um, you know, some of your weaker starters, um, if you got Le'Veon Bell, again, if you notice, I'm two for two on betting against the Jets. Um, number one, I, I'm sensing my spider sense is tingling. And with this whole Frank Gore and Le'Veon Bell thing, that bothers me a little bit. And then also, well, it's the Bills defense. So uh, I don't really see us putting much of uh, <laughs> much of anything on the board. Um, DeAndre Swift going to Chicago. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't see that again. I don't see that working too well. They've got they got a pretty good uh, uh, run block. Leonard Fournette. I don't know how he exactly fits into uh, the lead back role in Tampa's offense, because number one. Tampa's offense is going to be incredibly questionable with just what they're trying to do right now. And then also I saw some scuttlebutt earlier today that I think Mike Evans had some type of hammy issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they announced the severity of it yet, but I know definitely he's going to be out week one. So could that open the role for Godwin or could that open the role for Gronk? Could it open the role for the ball being Hand it up the middle and letting Fournette earn his keep. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Kareem Hunt going to ba- uh, to Baltimore. Don't waste your time. Uh, and then uh, Chris Thompson going to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis again. Without Fournette in the backfield, this whole thing needs to sort itself out. There's a lot of young people with a lot of complications, and good luck. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. Uh, moving down to wideouts. 
Again, I'll fire fast fire a couple of your your no brainers: Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, uh, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, uh, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Parker, uh, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, just your uh, Marvin Jones Jr. You know your standards. Uh, your strong starters. Um, Tyler Boyd from the Bengals going against the Chargers. Um, I really think that with a high volume in the slot, Burrow loves throwing to the slot. So I think Tyler Boyd, if he lines up in there, you're going to see a lot of great things. Um, Marvin Jones Jr., I'm going to circle back to him. I think he's a really strong pick against Chicago's secondary. Every time he's played Chicago, this dude has eaten the floor out of Chicago and has outperformed Kenny Galladay in every single time. Trust me, it worked for me. Ask Ladarius. Ah, let's not ask Ladarius and say we did. <laughs> um, not that I'm high on him anymore, but Brandon Cooks, uh, I think he's like going to be the main main weapon. Um, I think that Deshaun Watkins, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, trying to replace D Hop. With Brandon Cooks, I think he's going to get a lot of passes. He might not get a lot of touchdowns. But, again, if you're PPR in it, do your thing. Um, John Brown from the Bills going against the Jets. Uh, if you notice a pattern, you're seeing it, right? you're seeing it here, folks. Uh, and then also, uh, even though Tampa has improved on uh, defense a lot, they're still a little weak on fast route runners. And, of course, Emmanuel Sanders being on the Saints now, you have Drew Brees, who has the arm power of equivalency of a one five five howitzer cannon um, with the delicateness of Emmanuel Sanders. That could be a dangerous situation. Um, we'll see what happens, you know. Uh, and then, of course, Michael Gallup going to the cow- with the Cowboys, going to the Rams. Um you know, out, outside of, of whoever Jalen Ramsey covers is a weak spot. And I think Dak Prescott will expose that. And I think Michael Gallup is going to be lining up all over the place and, and trying to trying to find a hole to sneak in. Uh, again, if you're playing in like a, a DraftKings FanDuel League, a couple of the people that listen to this have uh, spoken up to me and said that, you know, they want some advice on that. So I'm throwing in, if you notice, a player for that. Uh, so if you're paying for your players, an absolute steal is going to be Robert uh, Robbie Anderson from Carolina. Uh, he's a former Jet. Now he has a quarterback that's, well, capable of throwing to him. He did great last year, and he's very, very dangerous on deep ball. He's agile, he's fast, and he can get downfield quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, two-glove Teddy, can chuck the ball down, and he is one of those quarterbacks. He's very mentally smart. We discuss this all the time on here. He is a brilliant mind, and he will play it to his advantage. Uh, some sleepers, uh, C.D. Lamb and uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, your weaker starters, if you have them, do yourself a favor, put them on the bench. Uh, Will Fuller, um, like I said, I, I foresee Brandon Cooks getting a lot of touches. A.J. Green, um, well, it's the Bengals. I don't I don't know what, what else can happen there. I think that Jalen Ramsey is going to spend a lot of time guarding Amari Cooper. So I think Cooper is going to be shut down, which, again, will will – pull the workload onto Michael Gallup and and possibly C.D. Lamb. Um, Jarvis Landry from the Browns, if you got him, do yourself a favor, put him on the bench to the left, to the left. Um, you know, post-tip surgery, number one, and while well, he's playing Baltimore's defense, number two. 
um, Sterling Shepard, you know, uh, or honestly, any Giants receiver, if you have them and you somehow got stuck with them, um, bench them, get on the waiver wire, find someone that's not playing Pittsburgh because, well, Pittsburgh's got a great defense. Uh, and then Christian Kirk uh, from the Cardinals going to San Francisco. I think D-Hop is going to be the one getting every single nook and cranny touch that he can get. Uh, wrapping down on the last offensive position, of course, the mighty tight ends. Of course, your your know-house, Greg Kittle, or excuse me, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, Kittle, uh, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, uh, Darren Waller, if uh, you know the Raiders can actually do anything. Um, some stronger starts, I think, are going to be uh, Hunter Henry from the Chargers. Uh, I think that he, he's going to get a lot of those short-term bailout passes that it's going to be, you know, he's going to feel comfortable with. Um, with I, I actually put this one in as of as soon as I saw this Mike Evans injury, and I'm going against what I said a couple weeks ago. I would start Rob Gronkowski if you have him. Uh, the Saints are good at tight end coverage last season, but Gronkowski and Brady have years of just knowing each other inside and out. And they probably have their own playbook at this point in life. And then on top of that, you have OJ Howard that I think is going to play the blocking tight end role and, and really let Gronk get out there and do some damage just because of the chemistry and the, the established relationship that he already has with Brady. And I think that's going to come into play. Um, And then again, Dallas Goder from uh, the Eagles, you know, with with the wideouts being injury, I think uh, him and Zach are going to get a lot of, a lot of points the uh, the first couple of weeks here, and then your uh, your weaker starters if you have them, uh, Austin Hooper going to Baltimore, rest in peace. Uh, Evan Ingram again, if you notice, I'm betting against the Giants as well. Uh, Jared Cook, the one thing that Tampa Bay's defense can do is shut. Uh, tight ends down they they've they were very successful at it uh and then uh mike gasicki from the dolphins going to new england uh again same situation the patriots are amazing at stopping tight ends um that's that's what i got i'm not you know defense i i think we'll maybe we'll cover that later on down the road but that's what i got i hope everyone has a successful season except for anybody that i play against um the waiver wire will always be your friend and check with us every week. And I will try to give you some keys to success. Yeah. How many weeks is our football league again, Chris? Say again? How, how many weeks is our football league again? How many uh, weeks? 14. No, 13. Sorry. 13 weeks. and No, 14 weeks is what it is. And then week 15 is the semifinals. And then week 16 is the finals. Because I I cut it off because week 17, I think it's not fair because there's so many teams benching players. Yeah. Yeah. And who says I don't have sympathy? Yeah. Well, I know a few people. But but for legal reasons and on the basis of anonymity, I can't say who they are. But, but, you know, once again, sound fantasy football picks. So, like I say, every week there'll be a segment at the end of the show. Chris is – Chris, listen, I, I rag on Chris. You know, I rag on Chris. I don't rag on Yahoo. Well, in a way, I do. But, you know, Chris knows his stuff. He's very smart. He understands the stars and systems. 
And it's like every week is just very, very sound. I'm not saying because I've known him. I know how much work he put how much work he puts into it. You're getting the best. You're not getting any second rate, you know, value, you know, no pawn shop, you know, no pawn shop, you know, pick. You're getting, you know, nice, fine China analysis. So take that as you will. But but before we before we go, remember once again to check out the podcast. And to follow us on the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash sports the world. Also join our Facebook group there. There will be a daily poll that will be on there every Thursday. And also check us out on Twitter at sports the world as well as Instagram at sports the world as well. Check us out on, uh, check us out on, where am I forgetting? At Twitter, my personal Twitter at Ladarius underscore Brown. And check out Chris on UFC Twitter. <laughs> at, so check him out. I've heard good things. He's a great follow. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So actually, so speaking of that game, I uh, so I finally beat my first playthrough on it and retired my fighter. I was pretty proud of that. I don't know why I decided to mention that, but we keep I keep bashing it, and that game just it angers me a lot. But unlike the other UFC game, I did not break my controller on the first playthrough. Props to me. So it's either I've gotten significantly better at the game, the game has gotten worse, or I've learned some like to chill my anger issues. I don't know which it is. I'm just going to say I got better at the game because that just makes me sound way cooler. That too. And, and on that note, I think all business is taken care of. So once again, until you until you hear us again, I'm Lizzie And I'm Chris. Be real. Be you. Be blessed, and more importantly, be safe for all of you at the sports and the world podcast. See you.